from depression to diabetes to obesity and addictions. Our medical problems are climbing and are now at epidemic rates. This is why I started this podcast, Your Health Transformed, to educate you, to teach you, so we can all learn how to combat these increasing medical problems and live well again and become transformed. I am your host, Dr. Franchelle Hamilton, bariatric surgeon, and have seen these medical problems and treated them firsthand. I am now on a journey to help transform health, not just band-aid it. So thank you for listening and going on this journey with me and all of my guests on Your Health Transformed. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Your Health Transformed. I'm really excited to um, welcome our guest today, Lindsay Leslie Davis. She is the author of the book, You Can't Eat Love. And we're going to talk about today how learning to love yourself can change your relationship with food. So I'm really excited to talk about this topic because it affects so many people. Welcome to the show, Leslie. Oh, Franchella, thank you so much. I've been looking forward to uh, talking with you. Uh, I was already a fan of the show because I love your message. It lines up so much with what my message is, which is all about mindset. Um, I tell people that, you know, 80% of weight loss actually happens from the shoulders up. (laughs) I 100% agree. Like, I'm glad you think that because I also think that. And talking to you earlier, I was like, I don't want to give it away. You're like, I'm all about mindset. I'm like, me too. But let's just talk about it in the show. So I'm really excited to kind of go over this topic with you because we recently did a study not too long ago and a lot of people emotionally eat. Like, Honestly, in the study, the majority of people who overate, it was emotionally driven. So is that, tell me about that. Is that what you see? Clearly, that must be what you have gone through. I mean, that's what your book is about. Um, But what I realized was that I didn't know how to cope with my emotions. Yeah. I didn't know how to name them. I didn't know how to sit in them. I didn't know how to survive them. Um, and so I would grab when it would get so overwhelming, I would grab what I call my drug of choice. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest, my drug of no, choice, because I, that's what I call it too. So uh, I, I, I was doing anything and everything that I possibly could to stop the pain. Yeah. And yeah. it wasn't until I, um, and I haven't found a better word, but it wasn't until I got brave enough to experience, to name, and to sit in my emotions that the food started losing its power over me. Um, And I've tried, you know, all these diets and all this craziness and everything from the protein diet where you drank two tablespoons of protein liquid, you know, once or twice a day and miraculously lost 30 pounds in, you know, 30 days. Well, yeah, of course, because you're starving. Correct. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You know, you name it, I've tried it, including um, bulimia and, you know, the whole nine yards and nothing worked. Yeah. And it wasn't until I started doing what I call the hard work of the hard work. Yeah. That 
food started losing its power. Yeah. And that was when I was finally able to not only lose, but to keep off almost a hundred pounds. Yeah, no, I agree. And I like the way you stated that. And I think that was kind of a powerful statement where you said I was brave enough to almost like deal with my emotions, like kind of see them for what they were. And that's when food lost its power over me. I think that statement is so powerful because a lot of times when we have these types of addictions, because I think emotional eating, like you said, could be a type of addiction. It's a drug of choice. You know, it, it can, it can have that because it does, it has that power over you. Um, and a lot of it is either it stems from something, right? Insecurity, it stems from fear. A lot of times, lack of control. Like a lot of times you learn there's usually something deeper that is is kind of um, triggering that response. So how did you even come to the, that awareness? Did, did you have a coach, meditation? Like how did you even get there? Well, I started, I decided, uh, like so many people, I hit, you know, close to a rock bottom and I decided I was going to go one of two ways. And I made the choice that I was going to be the best version of me I possibly could. And so that meant getting healthy mentally, physically, and emotionally. So I started following the Weight Watchers program. But more importantly, I started becoming aware of what I was eating and when I was eating because I was writing it down. Yeah. And I started noticing because I was writing it down. And I tell people, look, yes, these apps are great. You know, click, swipe, scan, whatever. They're great. But nothing at all will transform you like just writing it down. Yeah. Because then I started noticing and then I started having conversations with myself. Okay. Why was it that, um, you know, you ended up eating uh, 10 more crackers than what you had planned? What was really going on? Yeah. Good. And, and just, you know, um, the, the, the act of writing and having it in not always black and white, rarely black and white, yeah. you know, pink and white, purple and white and all this kind yeah. of stuff, having it right there where I could look at it without judgment. Yeah. It was yeah. information. It was what had happened. It was what I had done. And then ask myself what was really going on. Yeah. And taking that moment to listen to, yeah, listen to you, listen to your body, listen to yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because so many times we go, Oh, I blew it. I did whatever I did. You know, the excuses are, you know, long and lengthy. I don't need to, to list them. Um, But I made a decision that I was not going to make bad choices. There were only three kinds of choices. There were good, great, and not so good. Yeah. No bad choices. I was not going to cheat. The only way you can cheat is on taxes, on a test, and on your significant other. So <laughs> I removed a lot of words from my vocabulary. Perfect. And people think, well, that's kind of crazy. But think about it. Words have more power oh. than any other weapon we have in our arsenal. I agree. 100%. And what started coming up was a lot of stuff that I hadn't dealt with. Yeah. You know, as I'm listening to myself, okay, this this is something that you didn't deal with, you know, a long time ago because you didn't know how to 
You didn't yeah. know how to deal with this. Because let's be honest, as, as children, our parents want us to either be happy or quiet. They don't want to deal with our sadness, anger, whatever, you know, it, it gets complicated. And the more yeah. kids that they have, you know, the more complicated it gets. And it's like, oh, just, you know, whatever, be, you know, be happy. Yeah. Um, and so they'll, you know, fluff us off with, you, you shouldn't feel whatever. And so it sets off a cognitive dissonance in that mm -hmm. we are feeling something emotionally, but the person who is supposed to know the most about us and be able to guide us in the world is telling us we don't feel that. So yeah. it's like, okay, now what do I do? Mm -hmm. Now what do I do? Yeah. Or, and, and, or they'll hand us something to eat in order to get us quiet. How many times did you go to the doctor and get a shot and you get a sucker? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially with little kids. You see that all the time, the crying kid. And you're like, here's some Cheetos or here's something. Right. Put it in your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. little phase. Oh, yeah. Yes. And really what's needed, what, what I recognized that I needed was I needed someone to listen to me. Mm -hmm. That was really yeah. all I needed. And I started observing in my world, people that I was surrounded by were either not able to listen because they had their own garbage to deal with or mm -hmm. B were not curious enough to listen. And that's okay too. Yeah. Or C just didn't have the time to listen. Yeah. yeah. And what I finally got hold of is there is somebody who is always with me who will listen no matter what. Yeah. And that person is my very best friend in the whole wide world. And that's me. <laughs> that's me. I, I am always available to listen to me. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I so I, I started that process of writing. I, I do a lot of writing, especially in the morning um, yeah. and had these conversations with myself. I don't call yeah. it journaling because I don't journal. I just got lots yeah. of notebooks with lots of words. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I have found that that has been the most powerful because that has helped me sort out the emotions, helped me sort out, you know, why are you feeling this? What's really going on? And then as a consequence of all that, the food has lost a lot of its power. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. That's exactly what happens. Kind of going back, you talk about apps. I'm not a huge fan of, of tracking every little thing, tracking yours, because sometimes people can feel like a failure at the end if they don't reach whatever goal or whatever steps or amount of minutes and activity. But I do feel like what you're saying, tracking food, like bringing about awareness, however you want to do that. I That's kind of one of my first steps in, in my journey that I help patients with as far as transformation, kind of like what you're talking about in the mind, it has to be self-awareness. That has to be first. Like, who are you? What What do you look like? What do you want to do? Where are you at right now? How are you feeling? What is going on in your life? Like, how are you taking things in? And I, you have to figure out a way to do that. So you write apps. I am also like to write, like even now in this day and age, and we're both living in it, where everything is tech, I still, I have my notebook right here with me. Every, I still write everything down. I have a calendar I use on my desktop. You know, I use the phone sometimes, but I believe, I agree with you in the sense that there's something tangible and about writing it about even, and, and it's funny because that's the way I used to study for exams. It's like, 
when I wrote it down, it's almost like it sunk in a little bit better or it was a little bit more palpable than kind of just putting it in a cloud or somewhere else, you know, something you can kind of refer back to. And I think spending time with yourself, it, it was kind of my first steps in general in figuring out what's going on. So I love what you're talking about. I totally agree with what you're talking about. I love that you do it in the morning. There's been actually studies that show starting off the morning, kind of checking in with yourself, so to speak, is what the way I kind of call it, is like the best way. What do I what do I want to put out today in the world? What are my intentions today? What are my goals? And then and then not shaming yourself um, when you look at your your journal or your paper or whatever you wrote it down and you had a little glitch, which is exactly what you did. I'm curious how you were able to look at why did I eat this at this time? And, and instead of like shame yourself, ask yourself, you asked yourself that question, like what's going on there? What happened there? And there was no shame. It was like compassion for yourself. Like that's amazing. Well, um, I, I grew up experiencing and even, you know, later into adulthood, you know, being shamed. Yeah. Um, and I didn't like it. I didn't like how I felt. I didn't like how I reacted. I, I didn't like anything about it. So when I started on the journey, I started, like I said, I set out to get healthy mentally, physically, and emotionally. Mm-hmm. Yep. And when you begin doing that work, then shame comes straight to the forefront. Yep. And I realized, okay, I need to figure out a better way to work with this. And I said, you know something? I am not going to allow myself to feel shame about anything. Yeah. What happens, happens. It's information. Good. I'm not going to let it knock me off of my path. And I talk about this in the book. Um, you know, we're driving down a muddy road. And we've been driving down the same muddy road for years. So it's got really, really deep ruts. So our car practically drives itself. But when we start changing our thought patterns, when we start changing the things that we do, we're creating new ruts. And so we have to drive very slowly or we're going to slide off in the ditch or fall back in the same ruts. Mm -hmm. And I told myself, okay, so what's the thing that you can do to keep yourself moving forward, even if you do mess up? And what I came up with was celebrate, celebrate. So no matter what it looked like, I would celebrate. Look at you. You went to that party and yes, you did eat two pieces of cake, but you know what? You didn't eat the six rolls that you might've eaten before. And these are the other things that you didn't do. And wow, I am so proud of you. This is just amazing. I can only imagine how you're feeling as we're driving home. Now that's a whole different conversation than I would have had before. Because before I would have been saying, oh my gosh, you know, there you went again. You failed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which is not helpful. Correct. And and I, I promised myself that I would have helpful conversations with myself because I wanted to be the best version of myself. And the only way to do that was to have helpful conversations. And then later I read a book, which really, really put a lot of my thoughts into, you know, concrete words. And it's called, don't laugh, don't shoot the dog. 
That's an interesting title. <laughs> yes, and it's not about shooting dogs, so I don't want to hear from any animal activists. It's about training them. Yeah. Training animals. And what the animal trainers do, good animal trainers do, is they reward behavior they want to continue. And are you ready for this? They ignore, totally, absolutely ignore, do not acknowledge behavior they want to stop. Yeah. So they don't shame. They don't no. punish. They no. just ignore it. Yeah. Yeah. Ignore yeah. it. Yeah. Because, you know, think about the kid in school who keeps misbehaving. Yeah. Acting out. Yeah. And wants attention. That's and every time the teacher, you know, calls him out or sends him to principal's office or does, you know, whatever. The brain is getting a hit. Yeah. And the brain doesn't know if it's, you know, a good hit or a mm -hmm. bad hit. It's a hit. It yeah. doesn't care. It wants more. So when I started this celebrating and I would write down little tiny goals because um, mm -hmm. I had, you know, like close to 100 pounds to lose. And uh, I'd, I'd write down, OK, my first goal is to lose two and a half pounds and my Great. reward will be a new lipstick. Yeah, uh, my perfect. reward, you know, will be um, that I get to turn up, share as loud as I want to and dance around the house <laughs> like a crazy person. I um, love those rewards. <laughs> my reward will be that I get a new um, dry fit shirt to wear to the gym. Yeah. My perfect. reward will be crazy socks so that I can have, you know, crazy socks to wear with my tennis shoes. Great. All positive light positive things that more positive input that you're putting in. So not only are you rewarding yourself, but you're rewarding yourself. It's almost like two layers with right. more positive input. The crazy socks are positive. That's like a happy thing. Like the dry fit shirt. That's, Oh, that's a gym. That's a reminder that I can be active. And, you know, so I really love the way you're, you're, you frame those rewards for yourself. Yeah. Well, awesome. well, and then as I tell people, uh, when I, you know, make the suggestion to them, I say, every time you see this item, you will be reminded of what you did, what you accomplished. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're getting constant reminders of what you did and your yeah. brain likes that. It likes, you know, it, it likes these good hits. Yeah. Um, and like I said, your brain doesn't know the difference between good and bad. It just knows that it's getting a hit. So I set myself up to uh, be able to celebrate all the time. And I still yeah. do. I still do. Yeah. You know, when I make a good choice, I celebrate when I make a not so good choice, but it was better than I could have, you know, made yeah. choice. I celebrate. Well, I agree. That's that's almost like the positive psychology that I've spoken to people about previously it's almost like um it's changing the perspective changing the lens always finding something positive even if the situation may not be and you like you said it's there's not so good good great even if it's not so good or good even if you're not at great you still are able to fix your lens and identify the positive in that and that automatically takes you down one path versus the shame. I can't almost like the negativity that takes you down this path. So I think that's great that you learned and were able to do that. Well, and the other thing that I discovered is um, I wanted more. So mm -hmm. uh, for example, um, 
recently. It's been it's been cold here. I'm in Texas, and it's been cold, you know, for the past couple. We're of in weeks. Texas. Me too. <laughs> um, I I am uh, 30 miles west of Houston in Katy. Where are you? Okay, I know exactly where that's at. I'm in Dallas, Fort Worth. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. you're just you know hop skipping a jump up. Correct. So you guys have been cold too. Yep. And so people are talking about load up on the comfort food. And so mm-hmm. I was in the grocery store, and I was like, comfort food, comfort food. I said what are you talking about? You don't even want comfort food. So why are you in here looking for comfort food? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I mean, so I, you know, I left the store and I celebrated the fact that I got what I had gone in there to get and I didn't, you know, pick up the quote unquote comfort foods. Yeah. Or maybe change what comfort food means to you. Like comfort food can mean who knows, like, salad with shrimp like it doesn't have to be right loaded with calories and fat you know yeah it may be changing what comfort food means to you <laughs> yeah yes yeah but you know during the the cold and you guys were much colder than we were but during yeah. that cold spell I didn't feel as if I was denying myself anything yeah and exactly. you know that I think that that's something else that people get hung up in when they go on this journey they start thinking well I can't have and it's one of the things that I recognized was as soon as I started telling myself I can't have, you know, whatever and put yeah. limitations on that, um, this four-year-old child would show up and throw a temper tantrum in the middle of Walmart, screaming yeah. that they have to, li- you know, have to have this coloring book and- or they're going to die. You yeah, know exactly. <laughs> Correct. That's common. So I'm curious to hear how you switch that switch over from the I can't have focusing Um, on what you can't have yeah I started looking at okay well what is it that you're looking for what is it that you're desiring and let's figure out a way that we can make this work so if it was brownies which are one of my um they they don't behave themselves in my house foods um (laughs) I would you know make some brownies and then I would eat you know one or two sometimes three or four and then I'd take the rest of them and throw them in the trash and I would say Mm -hmm. you know what you 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 got what you wanted now you know you're heading into that unconscious eating so what's really going on yeah and I didn't put any food off limits I did yeah. not put any food off limit. I learned how to portion control. And a lot of people don't want to hear that. But let's be honest. Let's be really, really honest. If you are currently driving a Suburban yeah. that has a 60-gallon gas tank and you buy a Fiat, which has maybe a 10 or 12-gallon gas tank, are yeah. you going to continue putting... 60 gallons of gas into your fiat no yeah you can't yeah no. mm. so when you go on this journey if you start looking at yourself similar to a car you start off as a 60 gallon tank suburban and then yeah. you move yourself down you know to maybe a 50 gallon tank and you move yourself down you don't keep pouring 60 gallons of gas into that car just because correct yeah you you yeah, adjust. You adjust. Yeah, you adjust. And, yeah. and I I don't run around feeling deprived. Yeah. Because I recognize my body where it is does not require sixty gallons of gas anymore, and that yeah. is okay. Exactly. No, I a hundred percent agree. 
I, I agree. And I, I thank you for sharing your story. I think this will help so many people. I think everybody should go and get your book. You can't eat love because what you're talking about affects so many people. And I love the way you handled this. That's the most appropriate way to handle this. You didn't deprive yourself. You were self-aware. You were compassionate with yourself. It's almost like all the right things that you did to be able to conquer this. So can you get this book on Amazon? Uh, yes, you can. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and several other sites. And if you are struggling to figure out where to get it, just go to my website, which is youcaneatlove.com. And there are links on my website to almost all the book sites. Yeah, perfect. And we will also put that in our show notes. That's a nice and easy website. Thank you so much, Leslie, for being on our show. Oh, well, thank you so much. I appreciate it very much. And keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> thank you. I hope this message continued to empower you and inspire you to continue on your health transformation journey. Thank you for listening and please subscribe or download if you like what you're hearing. The goal is to continue to inform you and educate you as you transform on your healthcare journey and show you different paths to take in order to get you to your goal. Until next time, thank you.